right, welcome back once again to Rhythms of Grace. Uh, my name's Nate. I'm the executive pastor at Grace Church, and I'm here with Sung, who's the lead pastor of Grace Church. Uh, and we are in a series where we're talking about the book of Job because our sermon series across all of our locations is on the book of Job, but we've found that there's just too much there to fit week by week into a sermon. That's 20, 30, in some cases, 45 <laughs> minutes long. There just isn't space to put everything. Right. Uh, but it, it's important. It, it, it feels valuable, right? It does. And that's not just with the book of Job. Just about, I mean, every sermon we talk through, mm-hmm. there's just never enough time. Yeah. It's, and we often talk about leaving things on the cutting room floor. Yeah. And like, like films, right? Yeah. You, there, you, there's, there's always things being cut. Yeah, and I think the book of Job also um, is it's particularly uh, difficult to cover everything because it treats, it's a little bit like a piece of literature. I mean, if you think about, if you read a novel or something like that, there's so much to talk about in terms of motivations of characters and all these, and that Job has all of those things. Yeah. Um, and so while if you remember back to high school or college where you would take a semester to like read a book, we only have a couple weeks to talk about something that really has as much sort of depth and breadth, uh, um, you know, that we could talk about. Yeah. So this week, we, we, in the sermon, we're talking about Job's friends, um, but a very important character is left out of the story that makes an appearance. Who are we talking about? So Job's wife okay. enters the picture for the first and only time in the entire book. Now, she is famous for being this cruel and unsympathetic partner. Yeah. In fact, uh, when Job is afflicted, and we don't really cover this in the sermon, he's afflicted with all these sores and just you know, uh, um, he, and it says in Job uh, chapter 2, it says he, he takes a piece of broken pottery and, then, and he starts scraping himself oh, man. <laughs> as he's sitting in the ashes. And then his wife, and this is what she's known for, his wife says to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Wow. Wow. Like telling your spouse just to like, <laughs> just die already. That's uh, that is not a very sympathetic. No, it's not. <laughs> and, and this isn't a suggestion. It's a command. Yeah. She's like, like, Hey, curse God, get it over with. Like, just let go of him. Cause he's not done right by you and just die already. Wow. But before we criticize her, let's remember that, uh, everything that Job has lost, she has lost too. Mm. She lost everything. Everything, just like Job did in one single day, in one moment in time. And so, uh, again, just to put some uh, a lens of compassion on her, she's not just this um, violent, kind of cruel person. She, I mean, the way she responds is very different from Job, but uh, she has gone through great tragedy. Yeah, and we're essentially seeing her at her absolute worst. Yes, and thank goodness that we are not our absolute worst. Like our absolute worst does not define us, right? I mean, thank goodness. But that's kind of the, that's the very, very small snapshot we see of her. I, I, I It's so helpful to remember that she is suffering every bit as much as Job is. Her, She lost all of her children. She lost everything that she had known. Um, and it does, it lets us see her through a lens of compassion. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, that also highlights sometimes the wrong ways that we approach adversity because what she is doing right now is she's actually seeing Job's pain in light of her pain. Yeah. 
I mean, in one sense, like they're suffering together, yep. but in another sense, the, the, the very thing that could bring them closer together is actually driving them apart yeah. at this point. Yeah. And so I think we can tend to do that too. That, that is the great temptation to blame the one who is suffering for bringing suffering upon us. Well, and I think that's where it's different to be a, a spouse or have it be a significant, a rom- call it a romantic partnership. Um, that's different than Job's friends, for example. I mean, Job's friends, you know, it's amazing because they did, they came and they, and they wept and sat with him for a week, right? That's extraordinary. But honestly, they, they could have left at any time. Right. Well, like, what, did you, what, what option did Job's wife have? You right. know, she, especially kind of in that sort of time period, she was she was stuck with him yeah. essentially. So and maybe that's why she's like, just die already. Right? <laughs> like I want to marry your brother. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I can think of that in my own life. You know, where where if my wife is suffering, it's hard not to feel how that impacts me. Right. And to kind of say like, can you just pull yourself together? <laughs> You're making my life like really difficult right Inconvenient. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's again, for me that, that allows a, a frame of compassion with which to see her because I, I do the same thing. Now I've never lost as much as they have lost, but even in the small ways, I can relate to that sort of mindset. Right. Yeah. And so she can't understand why Job is still holding on to his integrity. And and so when she says like that, she's like, why are you still maintaining your integrity? The implication is that she has completely abandoned hers. Mm. She's saying, look, you've been faithful to God, and uh, this is what you get Mm. uh, from being uh, blameless and upright. And those are the two words that's used to describe Job. This is what you get from God. And so she's just like, just curse him. Why do you maintain your integrity? Mm. Just get it over with. Wow. And so I, I think just, I mean, that, that's, that's really uh, <laughs> pretty cruel. It, it is, and, and I think we can look at the character of Job's wife and essentially acknowledge, like, she pretty much does everything wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> someone does. you love is suffering, or when you are suffering as she is, in some ways she's sort of like the counterbalance to Job, who does everything right in the midst of suffering. But... There are some things that she does wrong that if we look at the opposite, I think can help us frame how we should call it co-suffer or how we should engage with a very, very intimate relationship with someone who's suffering. And one of the things that she does wrong, you just mentioned, which is she's telling Job, like, abandon your integrity. You know, like, it's t- like it'll be easier for you to just abandon your integrity. And if you're suffering um, and someone you love is suffering... If you're co-suffering together, the right thing to do is to continue to encourage each other right. to maintain your integrity. To kind of like, we have to hold on to what we know to be true. Right. Yeah. So what ways have you co-suffered? Or, or has Amy co-suffered with you? Yeah, I've caused a lot of suffering. <laughs> <laughs> so have I. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think... Um, yeah, it's it's honestly sometimes it's painful for me to remember. One of the things that I am most aware of is that when I worked, I worked as a stockbroker for ten years. Um, was really miserable. I was really miserable, and um, I knew that I was miserable. But what really brought it to a point was after I left that job. Uh, I was at we had a friend over for dinner. We were all gathered around the table, and my son, who was about ten at the time said to this person, um, you know, my dad is, my dad's happy for the first time in 10 years. Mm. 
And I realized that like my suffering wasn't just my own, but that my children and my wife had were living in a house with someone who was perpetually unhappy and anxious and angry and disappointed. Um, and the way that my wife co-suffered with me was really a, a model of grace. You know, she was she has always been understanding, but she's also very, very willing to sort of call me on on you know she she had been telling me to quit that job for years right <laughs> um but she really did model a, a gracious sort of perspective yeah yeah my, my wife whose name is also amy oh nice all right that's not confusing amy no. kim amy kimball no 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 uh sh- same thing very long suffering uh you know and and i'll use an example uh, of like of me of a bad example. Okay. Um, I, I can relate to Job's wife in a very, very small way again, because mm-hmm. this is nowhere near what she had suffered. But like, um, and let's go to health issues. You know, for years and years, especially after the kids were born, um, Amy started to experience some health symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I remember she was exploring so many different things and, and looking into uh, and this, I mean, it's all over the place now, but this was like years ago when it, it was still kind of fringe, but like she was exploring gluten-free options. And I remember being like, what? <laughs> why can't I have a sandwich? <laughs> yeah. Or, or like, why can't you eat a sandwich? Mm, yeah. And, and then she, and then, and then she was buying everything organic. And again, uh, like th- that is all over the place now, but th- this was so rare back, back in the day. And, um, all I could think of is like, oh my goodness, like organic produce is so much more. It is. Like, you know, if, if I just got like just 2% milk, it'd be like two bucks. Yeah. We're paying $6 <laughs> to get like, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I felt like, and there was that sense of like, you know, again, like you, you your health issues, uh, like I was seeing the inconvenience from the lens of how she was affecting me. Yeah. And not only that, but, it, and, and the crazy thing is like, uh, like she, she, she grew up always taking care of her body really well and her health and I didn't. And yet here she was feeling the fragility of her, of her body and, and her health. And, and I just couldn't understand it. Yeah. And, and now, I mean, this is like, you know, we've been married 20 years and, and like, over the years, because of her patience and kindness, I've, I've actually come around. And, really? and now that I've gotten older, too, mm. like even just uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, hey, Amy, you know, I, I just realized this. I'm learning this. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I've known that. And, and, and honestly, Sung, she probably told you that. She did. <laughs> she it. has. I knew it. <laughs> and she, she actually says, too, she'll be like, you know, I, I was talking to somebody at church, and they told me this. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And she's like, Sung, I've been telling you that for five years yeah. now. <laughs> Jeez. So, you know, so examples of co-suffering, but I want to kind of come back to the point where uh, Job's wife tells him to abandon his integrity. Mm. And really, like, in, in the example that you give, like, the right thing to do is to simply say, like, hey, like, I'm, I'm going to, like, don't stop trying. Yeah. Don't, like, don't stop trying. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to walk with you through this. I want you to keep searching. You know, I'm on board. That's really the, that's really the right way to yeah. navigate, uh, to co-suffer with someone on that point. 
It is, you know, and um, again, now now that we've, uh, can, can I throw Job's wife under the bus now? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Sorry, Job's wife. <laughs> Not like our wives. No. Oh. No. But, um, um, you know, she actually voices uh, and verbalizes the great temptation that Job feels, which is to compromise his faith in order to ease his burden. Yeah. And so when things get hard, I think we are tempted to, to do the same too, to, yeah. to just compromise our faith and just say, ah, you know, it's okay if I loosen up here. I, you know, God, God loves me. He's merciful. He'll, he'll, he'll forgive me just to, just to make my life easier. Yeah. Even though deep down inside we know it's displeasing to God. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and, and then Job's response to his wife is really a rebuke. He, he, he says this, he says, shall we receive good from God and not adversity? And, and basically he's saying, look, whatever good that has been given to me is not owed to me. Yeah. In fact, everything that has been given to me has been graciously bestowed mm. to me. Yeah. And, and that attitude of entitlement versus humility. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, again, that, that, that runs rampant in our lives, in our kids' lives, in, in all of society. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that's a divide we see here, too. Like, Job is just like, hey, everything I have is a gift from God. I yeah. don't deserve anything. Yeah. And Job's wife, it's like, look, you know, you've taken all the good. Like, well, uh, you know, she doesn't say this, but in some ways she does. It's like, I'm entitled to all of these luxuries in life. Yeah. yeah. I, that that is an, another example for me of how, of how to do things wrong, and then we can talk about the right way to do things. Which is, she's really coming at their suffering from a really different perspective than Job is. You know, she has kind of a, a like you said, a layer of expectation and entitlement. Um, but I I can say that not having the same sort of framework of expectations, uh, there's nothing that will dissolve an intimate relationship faster in right. some ways, you know, misaligned expectations. Yeah. Um, so I think we can take from that the right thing to do when someone you deeply love is suffering um, or when you're co-suffering together is that getting on the same page about kind of this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to think about this. This is the framework that we're going to make our decisions on. And this is what we're going to believe to be true. That's so critical. It, it is. It, 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 your relationship almost is extreme, but almost can't survive without that, you know? Um, I, I yeah. think it's really important, and that's not just with suffering. Having a common framework and alignment in that is so important in so many different areas, whether it's uh, parenting, yeah. whether it's, oh, it's a good one. faith. Yep. I mean, those, those things can really divide a, a, a marriage and, and uh, make a, like, you know, like just have a marriage wither away. Yeah. Not only that, but also like how you deal with money, yeah. how you spend it, how much you save, all of those things. I mean, it's so important. Yeah. We, um, now that my wife and I are a little bit older and our kids are teenagers, we often have young parents come to us and say, Hey, like, how did you, you know, raise you, give us some advice. And one of the main things that I say is that you need to be on the same page. It, right. it actually doesn't matter if you find yourself to be, well, Again, I'm speaking in extremes, but it matters less about whether you're a very liberal parent or a very authoritarian parent. Right. What matters more than that, where you find yourself on that spectrum, is 
if you and your spouse are in the same spot. Right. Nothing will, will dissolve a family relationship and cause difficulty with children more than if you have a very liberal parent and a very sort of authoritarian parent. Man, kids learn how to play off those two extremes by like 18 months, right. literally. <laughs> right. So it is, it's, it's finding, not just in suffering, but in everything, finding sort of, um, maybe it's a compromise, but, but coming to agreement about saying, this is how we're going to do this. And, and my wife and I have done that with parenting is a great example where we decided, look, this is the line we're going to draw. Um, it's not quite where you want it. It's not quite where I want it, but we can agree that this is where we're going to start holding the line. Yeah. And especially in marriage, right? This goes back to your vows for, for young couples and older couples. Uh, you say, you, you make a vow that in sickness and in health. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just think, oh, health and wealth is what, you know, we look forward to in marriage and we forget sometimes, well, sickness does come upon us. Yeah. Maybe not to the extreme as Joe, but it does. Yeah. And poverty comes upon us. And so for those of you who are looking to get married or uh, wanting to get married, man, that's so important to remember, having a common framework. Because Job, what we see is he pledges allegiance his allegiance to God, regardless of the circumstance. Yeah. And that's basically what you're doing when you're making that vow to each other, but you're making it to God too. Yeah. Hey God, I vow that I, I, I will walk with this person no matter what the circumstance. Yeah. So, I mean, to take it out of the arena of sort of spousal relationships, I actually had an experience of this with you. I mean, I think people are probably aware that you and I, maybe they're not, we work together more closely than, than almost anybody else. I mean, yeah. like there is very little that we do individually when it comes to decision-making or anything like that. So in our uh, household, you're my other wife. <laughs> oh my <God>. Hooray. Uh, <laughs> Should I be the wife? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Let's let's not try to figure out which one of us is the wife in the relationship. Um, but but so our our intimacy is is important. It is. And and one of the things that happened when we were in a particularly sort of stormy season um, was that I was praying about it and and I I felt like I felt like the truth that God sort of spoke into my heart was that um, because I, I was, what I was doing is I was seeing you as the problem. For if sung with just this, if sung with just that, if sung with just this, right? And what, what the truth that God spoke into my heart was that the problem is the problem. Sung is not the problem. Nate is not the problem. Like, it's true, we're contributing, but the problem is the problem. And I think having that mindset, sort of creating a common framework for going forward, saying, let's, let's talk about what the problem is, and then what it lets you do is it lets you sort of get around to the same side, right. you know? And it's not, you're not seeing the other person through the lens of the issue, but you're kind of on the same side combating the problem. And, and I think the same is true in suffering. If you can create a common framework, you move yourself around to the same side and you can actually work together to combat whether it's despondence, despair, depression, suffering, all of those things. But you have to remember that the other person is not the one that's making your life full of suffering. The other, you know, and there's unhealthy relationships where that is true. I'm not talking about that. Mm -hmm. um, but to get yourself on the same side and, and to work towards a, a common framework. Yeah. So critical. Uh, it is. And I think especially in marriage too, like I often tell myself like the way I'm looking at uh, the way I'm seeing the problem is the problem. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a good one too. Right. Yeah. Because yep. like I'm seeing it in a very myopic kind of way. Yeah. 
um, kind of pointing fingers yeah. and going, okay, the way I'm seeing that, that's the problem. Yep. yep. And especially, you know, for uh, like the, that difference of perspective is the difference between uh, couples and going back into the marriage relationship. I mean, I've seen couples go through, I mean, horrific things. Yeah. Adultery, unfaithfulness, yeah. bankruptcy, uh, the loss of a child, uh, and, and even uh, deep financial deception. Yeah, you know, I, I know someone who literally racked up like a hundred thousand dollars in debt without telling their yeah. spouse. You know, and I've seen marriages and relationships come out of that stronger. Absolutely. And there's a part of me that, and Amy and I talk about this too, like sometimes like we're like, I don't, I don't really understand. It's so hard to, to wrap our minds around like, how do you come out of like adultery? Yeah. Yeah. Stronger. That just seems so heart wrenching. It does. It does. But it also recalls to mind a lot of the arguments or disagreements or, you know, intense conversations you and I had at the end of it, we ended every single one by saying like, look, this is worth it. Mm -hmm. I'm committed to this. I believe that this is going to make our working relationship and the church stronger. We're just going to keep pushing through. And that that's in some ways, I think that's the difference between success and failure, which is like, you just have to have an attitude of we're not going to quit. We're not going to quit. And this actually kind of ties into the second point that we addressed. And I just wanted to come back to really briefly, which is that there's an encouragement for the other person to maintain their integrity. And, you know, Job's wife again says, just curse God and die. But in the midst of those difficult times to be able to say, we're committed to this, we're together. Like we're the only way through this is through it. You know, it's like that. Do you remember that bear story? We're going on a bear hunt. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Well, you can't go over it. Can't go under it. Guess we'll have to go through it. Sorry. Um, that's for all of the toddlers that <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, there's a, a reestablishment of of integrity and an encouragement to one another. Yeah. You know, for me, it, it it begs the question: How do we do that? Well, how, how, when you are suffering or when, when you are hurting and if maybe you don't like your spouse or your significant other very much because of who they are in suffering, how do we find a place of encouragement or how do we find a place of affirmation of integrity and faith and doing the right thing? You know, I I know for me, because I, I will hear this oftentimes from people who come to me for especially relationship or marriage counseling, especially when it's on the brink of divorce. And it's really common for one party to say, well, I, I, I would act this way if, uh-huh. if yeah. they would act this way. Yeah. And the thing I often tell them, and, and because it's been so true in my life is like, Hey, think, think of your relationship as like a, a mathematical uh, formula. If you change one variable, because the complaint is, why should I change? They're not going to yeah. change. Yeah, very common. But I often say like, or a, a chemical formula, you change one variable in that whole formula, Yeah, the outcome is completely different. You get something else completely. And so focus less on you trying to control the other person and making them act a certain way and focus more on how you're responding. Because if you change you, that person may or may not change. Yeah. And that's not what, you don't base whether you're going to 
change your behavior and your attitude based on whether they're going to change. Yeah. But when you do that, oftentimes what happens is when you, when you dive in without that expectation, that changes the outcome more often than not. I mean, a, a practical example of that is that my wife is, is the living embodiment of the verse that says a soft answer turns away wrath. And when I am starting to get worked up, she, again, she's not trying to fix me in that moment. She's not trying to remind me of my sort of integrity or faith or the right thing to do, but she will always act with integrity and say something that is compassionate and understanding, or she'll be the first to apologize. And that changes the entire situational dynamic, Mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, how, how can I continue to be upset when she's just saying, I understand this is really frustrating for you. I can see that. I really, I want to help you feel better. I'm like, what can you do? <laughs> no, I don't want you to make it better. I want you to fight with me. Right? You're being too kind and patient. <laughs> right. It just all, it just all starts to dissolve. So, yeah. so it's, it's a, it's a good reminder that, that in some ways, encouraging integrity in someone else begins with uh, maintaining integrity in yourself. And how different would Job's wife's interaction with him have been if she had not abandoned her integrity in the first place yeah you know i think one thing that means for us when it comes to our relationship with god is you know i think it's really easy for example when you get a raise at work or you're promoted and your health is you know you get a clean bill of health and your relationship and your marriage is going well uh if you're attending church in person or even at home, you're just kind of like, yeah, praise God, you're lifting your hands, and it's just easy to, to praise God. Uh, but the question is, what happens when bad things happen? Yeah. You lose your job. You know, uh, you, get, you, you hear bad news about your health or a family member's health. Uh, there's broken relationship. It's really easy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really easy at that point to be like, man, God is distant. He doesn't love me. He's not worthy of my praise. But I think uh, integrity of faith is also like trusting in God, not based on our circumstances. And again, this is where the value of friendship is, which is what we talked about this past week, um, like modeling the kind of friendship um, that is forged in, in, in the fire, in yeah. the crucible, yeah. right? I, actually, when I, <laughs> I, to be honest, when I, when I was talking about that too, uh, in the sermon, uh, you were one of the people I thought of mm-hmm. when I when it said friendship is forged uh, through hardship and, yeah. and in the crucible and in the fire. Yeah. And I was just like, oh yeah, it's it's not just through good times. We've laughed a lot. Sure. We we've had good times together, but we've had we we've navigated some hard things too. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you're like, man, th- those are the people that you 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 know you've been through. Like you know. Like to hell and back. Yeah. Relational boot camp kind yeah. of like it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and those are the relationships, you know, you're, you're like, yeah, you, you don't want to lose because yeah. you've been through so much together. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing here, the, um, in contrast, a, a, at the end of this chapter, Job is totally alone, mm. right? His wife has said, hey, you're, curse God and die. This is before, I mean, his friends will abandon him. And it, it's, it's, it's such a sad picture that he's just, uh, sitting in an ash heap outside the city. Oh, man. Because, he, in fact, he couldn't stay home. He couldn't even stay inside the city because Mosaic Law said, hey, if you suffered all these boils and sores, yeah. like, you're unclean. Yeah. You have to isolate, isolate yourself. And so, he, like, he's totally alone. And so, man, uh, 
uh, one of the best things you could do in terms of helping you to maintain your integrity and your faith in God is to surround yourself with people who will just cheer you on. Yeah. Um, like that verse that I talked about in Proverbs, somebody who sticks closer to you uh, than a brother yeah. or a sister. Yeah. Um, and who will, who will always encourage you, you know, trust God, hold your integrity. Yeah. And you do that for each other because yeah. there are seasons when one of you will fall sure. and the other, you know, yep. uh, is holding the other person up. So, again, that's so key. Yeah. Well, if you didn't get a chance to listen to uh, the most recent sermon from Sung, um, you can find it on our website, gracechurch.city. And it does. It talks about Job's friends um, and how the right things they do in engaging with Job's suffering. We're out of t- Honestly, I feel like we're just scratching the surface, but we're out of time on this topic already. Uh, so I hope you'll join us again next week uh, as we do. Um, do you know what we're going to talk about next week? Chapter three. Okay. Um, that's uh, Job just curses the day that he's born. Okay. All right. Well, everybody wants to tune in for that one. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks, everybody.